If you're not listening to podcasts, the terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the podcast. Sit down and enjoy a pint. Okay, welcome to the podcast. In this episode, Eric and Allison join me to break down the Terminator. The 1984 classic that stars Arnold Schwarzenegger in his breakout film. This one went a little bit long, and uh, I thought it was going to be short. I thought we might get this thing under an hour, but it didn't really work out that way. We had a lot of uh, tangents and different things we went into, but one of them you'll hear at the beginning of the episode. We do talk about 1984 as maybe one of the best movie years, so check that out toward the top of the show and uh, that's something i think we'll revisit in future episodes where we discuss maybe what is the best movie year or the top three or what are the hall of fame movie years or whatever so anyway uh tune in listen and uh, check out our breakdown of the terminator the terminator 1984 uh We've got the IMDb plot, which is always my favorite because it's so dry. Uh, A human soldier is sent from 2029 to 1984 to stop an almost indestructible cyborg killing machine sent from the same year, which has been programmed to execute a young woman whose unborn son is the key to humanity's future salvation. Pretty cut and dried there. That works. I like Uh, killing machine, though. Because in this case, it's literal as opposed to the figurative. Right. Uh, well, like Jaws. Yeah. The <laughs> killing machine or eating machine. Uh, so where were you? When did you first see it? What was your reaction? What impact did it have to you when you first saw or when you first even heard of the Terminator? Because I definitely did not see this in the theater. Uh, it was I was old enough, technically, I think. Yeah, like 11. Um, it was 84, right? Yeah. Yeah, so like fifth, it would have been for us like fifth grade. Second grade for me. Yeah. Um, I I didn't see it in the theater. It probably would have been close to high, middle school or high school that I first saw it, and I was never big into kind of scary. Yeah movies not that this is necessarily scary um but i I was it was probably lower on my list of movies to watch i I feel like it was high school that i saw it yeah it is rated r so um our parents would have had to be a little fast and loose with the rules if we Mm -hmm. bring us in there um no i remember Definitely not seeing it, but seeing all the commercials. Right. Definitely wanting to see it. I mean, some crazy robot from the future. Right. That looks like some wild Austrian bodybuilder. Right. uh, Coming back to kill people. Sounded fantastic to me. Um, But I don't remember the first time I I saw it. It was certainly on TV or cable or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, But I remember it being like in just in and around pop culture forever before I even saw it. Like it was agreed. I'll be back. Thank you. Schwarzenegger. The, uh, the first time I saw it, you were speaking of parents being fast and loose with the rule (laughs) while letting, letting us watch it. Um, this was 
in a time where I was probably around 12 or 13 and my uh, dad was in a phase where we, he and I were renting a, a lot of movies, a lot of like the Schwarzenegger type movies and dad's catchphrase for all these movies was violence for the sake of violence. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just one of those movies that we rented like uh, Predator and RoboCop and went through all those types of movies. And somewhere in there, we rented the Terminator. Whenever my dad would do that, where he would uh, have me sit down and watch a movie that I was probably too young for and had things happening in it that I was too young for, like this one, he would always be really specific about uh, telling me that this is just movie, just a movie. <laughs> this is, you know, that's not real blood. You know, that's not, you know, of course, of, he did. Of course. but he would, you know, that's special effects. That's, that's, you know, foam latex. They're building this, that that's like a model. That's a, this, that's a, that they don't, he was always really like overly cautious about that. I'm like, okay. After the first time I got it. And then after the 37th time, I'm like, uh, yeah, of course. I just imagine him putting his hand gently on your shoulder, no, saying, like son. Definitely <laughs> not like that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. All right, the first time, good. Yeah. Oh, I, did. I got none of that. No. <laughs> you got prepped with violence for the sake of violence. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so, Rotten Tomato score. What do we think? We'll start with the critics. What do we think the critics on Rotten Tomatoes give it? And what then did the audience give it? Okay. Critics, I'm going to go with 76. Critics, 76. Eric? Uh, Critics, I will go 84. All right. This will surprise the hell out of me. Uh, Again, the Rotten Tomatoes stuff, we got to take with a grain of salt. I don't know the algorithm they're working off of or how this whole thing works, but Rotten Tomato critics, 100%. What? 100%. That seems a bit high for the Terminator, but okay. So the critics gave it 100%. What did the audience give it? <laughs> I don't know how you predict that. I know our our usual theory is that the audience likes it more, but you can't do a hundred and fifteen percent. And I think our theory of the audience is more lenient. I don't think it's worked for us yet. No. I don't think we've gotten it right yet. No, no, we've always been wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hallmark of this podcast is we're wrong about almost everything. So like, I can't ever win my own game. Uh, oh my we're never right about any of these facts. I, I am, I am blown away by a hundred percent on critics. I'm blown knew, away by that. It's insane. Yeah, I knew critics. I know it was well received by critics, but for it to run the board is insane to me. One of these days, we'll do a, a look at Rotten Tomatoes and 
what movies got hundred percents and what got zeros or right. you know, like the extremes. I bet you Godfather didn't get hundred percent. Right. I bet you uh, what's the most liked movie Forrest Gump. I don't, whatever it would be like the, the most, the movie that would offend the least pe- people and get the highest scores. A hundred percent. Terminator. Absolutely shocked. It's insane. So, all right. Well, what are you saying for audience? I'm going to go 94. <clears throat> I'm going to stick with my 84. Split the difference. Audience score of 89%. Hmm. That, is, that seems about right. Yeah. That's, that seems right. <laughs> if the critic score, I don't know. Critics should be about 81. I don't know. I can't imagine them being harder than that. The fucking Terminator. Mm. All right. Fascinating. Now let's get into some fun facts here. Okay. Uh, so I'm trying to whittle these down because this, this section of the podcast often gets a little tedious. So if I get too far in the weeds, cut me off. Okay. But I've got a, a new thing at the top I want to do. We've, we've done part of this once, and that's the box office. And then I want to compare it to the highest grossing box office of that year. Okay. So the budget for the Terminator was $6.4 million in 1984 or 83 or whenever they shot it. Right. Uh, That's a big box office, but I mean, it's a big budget, but it's not enormous. Right. Not even for that time. Domestic, it made $38 million. International, it made 40. So a total of 78 what okay what kid what is the is there do they give like a current day equivalent mm, i'm trying to remember to i'm trying to remember that. to like jaws was much higher than that so i'll tell you in 1984 so it its domestic earning was 38 i'm just doing domestic because yeah you know whatever terminator was ranked number 21 for the year really yeah 20 movies finished with a higher box office than The Terminator in that year. Well, do you know what the top one was? I do, but let's not blow our load first. (laughs) Uh, I did did a quick Google search. $1 in 1984 is equivalent to $2.48 in 2020. Well, two and a half. Two and a half times. Okay, so 75 million. 38 would be... 80 million? 80 plus. Yeah. Rounded off to 100 wow. million. I mean, thereabouts. Off of what would be a $15 million budget. Yeah. Still, damn profitable, right? Yeah, very profitable. And yeah, that would probably good, good um, uh, audience and critical feedback that would be enough that they would greenlight a sequel. And Well, yeah, and it sets up James Cameron for all sorts of stuff after this. Right. I mean, yeah. it's crazy after this. Uh, okay, so just some of the movies that finish above the Terminator in the box office. I'm going from lowest to highest. Okay. Terminator was 21. I'm going to pick out the ones that are worth mentioning. Okay. Uh, Red Dawn, number 19. Okay. That made... So th- this is... Uh, I think calendar year because Terminator came out in October 
So it only made 34 million in that year. Mm. Plus an extra four next, right. you know, and whatever. Right. So, uh, so Red Dawn made 38. <clears throat> the uh, Tom Hanks breakout in Bachelor Party made 38. <laughs> Bachelor Party is so insane. Breakin', of course, Breakin' <laughs> made 38. <laughs> uh, Revenge of the Nerds, the original one, made 40, 41. Nice. The Natural came out in 84, made 40, just under 48. Wow. A little movie called... Super Brimley. (laughs) (laughs) A little movie called Purple Rain, made 68. That finished 12th for the year. That was huge that year. Then... So then the top 11, you're pretty much going down the murderer's row of some of the of great 80s stuff. Okay. So number 11, Splash, 69 million. Number 10, Romancing the Stone, 74 million. Number nine, Terms of Endearment, 74 million. Yeah. <laughs> number eight, uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, <laughs> seventy-six million. Number seven. I'm surprised this is this low. I thought this is way higher. Number seven: Beverly Beverly Hills Cop, seventy-seven. The original. Million. The original. Number two was huge, but I thought yeah. number one was bigger. Number six: Footloose, eighty million. Number five: The Original Police Academy, eighty-one. <laughs> Number four, the original Karate Kid. Wow. 90 million. Number three, these are these box office grosses are big for 84 or for the 80s. Number three, Gremlins. Oh my God. 148 million. Oh my God. In 84. Number two, uh, I think this is the. I'm trying to think. One. This is one of th- three, two movies that my dad went to during my childhood. Whoa. One was Superman. Yep. One was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Is that 84? 84. Grossed $179 million. Number one movie for 1984. Yeah. With a gross of $220 million. In 84. In 84. So that's, call it $500 million. Right. Ghostbusters. Oh my, 84 was like the greatest year of movies ever. It's got some really good ones in there. It's, Eric, it's like the whole Edelblut collection, like right there in 84. Yes, I'm, sh- I'm quite sure there's still a... That's a ton. A, a, a VHS cassette of each of those movies that we taped off of television. Right. Now, I'll throw out some ones. Uh, I won't talk about the gross, but just the names that also came came after, came lower than Terminator that are worth mentioning. Conan the Destroyer, also a Schwarzenegger movie. Wow. Uh, the Last Starfighter, Eric. Sweet. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cannonball Run. Guardians of the Galaxy owes everything to that movie. 
<laughs> the last Starfighter? Yeah, it does. Cannonball Run 2, <laughs> which oh is awesome. God. The Muppets Take Manhattan. <gasps> yes! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scarface. Wow. Yeah. Yentl. <laughs> Why did that get away? I don't know. It's so, it's so funny. I'm laughing because Eric laughed so hard. <laughs> uh, 16 Candles. That What number was that? Uh, number 37. Wow. $23 million. Uh, let's see. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Top Secret. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh. The Neverending Story. <gasps> oh, my God. Uh, Fashion, D- please. Dune. Mm. Which we can call the original Dune, I guess. Yeah. Firestarter. Oh, my God. Amadeus. Oh, my God. Beat Street. Eric, 84. Seriously. Supergirl. <laughs> Starman. Throwing in Amadeus on this list. Oh, my God. The Big Chill. That was 84 also? Ranked number 65. Yeah, Amadeus was the best picture winner that year. Yeah, and that grossed... It's like not, ranked 56. So we, we could go forever on this list because there's a lot of things going on here. Wow. Uh, oh, a little movie called Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> I don't know that one. Oh, really? No. It's... The, uh, what's his name? The, uh, Elliot from E.T. That was his big follow-up to E.T. Oh, that doesn't help. <laughs> Dabney Coleman as a imaginary spy. It's fantastic. Wow. Is it a comedy? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, kind of, not really. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's it's not good, but I'm, I saw it when I was 10 years old or something. Right. So. Uh, and that's about, oh, Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow. Breaking yeah. two electric boogaloo? No, that can't. Breaking and breaking two. Breaking. It breaking came out the same move, in the same year. How is that possible? Maybe it was made like Kill Bill one and two, like <laughs> made at the same time. They had to break it up because it was just two. too big to put in one film. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across. Both, the they did both come out in 1984. That's ludicrous. Hang on. They must have known that breakdancing thing was a was <laughs> a money maker. Not going to long last. Yeah, <laughs> last long. Breaking came out in May. Breaking two came out in December. Yeah. Wow. Good lord! It's like it's a time for Christmas, December twenty first. Merry Christmas, Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> and the final one I'm mentioning for nineteen eighty four, just to cap off. Uh, a Hall of Fame year, uh, A Christmas Story. Wow. 1984. It's a huge year. Basically made nothing, but yeah. Well, I'm, not, I'm not mentioning Sheena. <laughs> Meatballs Part 2. I mean, come on. All right. So that's that. That's interesting. I know, all kinds of crazy stuff. But of all, I mean, you think of... Termin- the Terminator, and you think it was... You think it would be one of the, the top ten. Yeah. Right? One of the biggest of the year. Nope. Wow. The idea for The Terminator came to James Cameron, who wrote it and directed it. Uh, while he was stressed, feverish, and bedridden in Rome working on Piranha 2. Yeah, I saw that. I, saw that. I think I saw Piranha. I don't think I ever saw yeah. Piranha 2. Uh, Jaws ripoff. Mm-hmm. 
James Cameron sold the rights to the Terminator to producer Gail Ann Hurd, his future wife, for only $1 under the condition that he'd be able to direct it and execute it his way. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, I believe in this so much. I'll sell it to you for a dollar, but you get it that cheap because I want to do it my way. That's cool. Uh, the studio, who is the studio? I don't know. Uh, Ryan? Well, let's find out. Oh, Ryan. It was Orion. Uh, the studio did not make any suggestions to Cameron, had no notes, but the one note they did make was for him to write in a dog sidekick for the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Would it be a robot dog? Would it, it had to, it would have to be, right? Or was it the German Shepherd that was in the final scene with Sarah Connor? Hmm. I have a better trivia about that. Oh, was his name Cooper? No. Oh. All right. Uh, James Cameron's original story idea was much more elaborate and involved Skynet sending two Terminators back in time. The first one was a cyborg that would be defeated by a human uh, who was also sent by, back in time, basically the story that they had. Uh, the other Terminator would be sent back was a liquid metal shape-shifting Terminator, uh, and they were trying to do it uh, using claymation for the like shadowy depictions of this liquid metal Terminator because it was 1984 and they couldn't do it. Obviously, they couldn't make it work, so they scrapped it cut the story in half, did the first half in 84, and the second half became T2. Right. I had no what idea. I had no idea. I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know that history, history, but that makes It makes sense, but sense, yeah. to have that idea of, of both of them and not being able to execute it until later because of the technology. Right. When did Terminator 2 come out? Do you know? 91, I think. Yeah, I was like 91, 92. It was really that big of a gap between the two movies? Yeah. Wow. Six years. Yeah. yeah. Seven years. I mean, what a difference that time period makes in terms of special effects. Kind of watching it this time. Well, and in between weekend. or right before was The Abyss by James Cameron, where he learned how to do that liquid sort of... Yeah, it, he made... Uh, Abyss was... R- his movie right before Terminator 2. Yeah. He made Terminator, then Aliens, then The Abyss, then Terminator 2. Aliens, right. He also did, I think, uh, Rambo oh. uh, First Blood Part 2. He wrote it. Oh, he wrote it? He didn't direct it? Right. He just wrote okay. it. Can we just call that Second Blood? <laughs> yeah. Is that a First Blood Part 2? Uh, or just Rainbow 2. Yeah, right. In James Cameron's original treatment, Sarah Connor had an old figure skating injury that was fixed with a couple of surgical pins, and the Terminator cut open the legs of the first two Sarah Connors trying to find this mark. Hmm. Crazy. Maybe a little too gory or too tedious. Yeah. I don't know. Weird. Uh, filming of the Terminator had to be delayed for nine months while Schwarzenegger wrapped up filming Conan the Destroyer, which we saw on this list as well. Uh, that did not do as well as the Terminator. No. That's not a good movie. But no. That's when James Cameron, I guess, was writing Aliens and the Rambo sequel. Yeah. That's insane. 
the voice on the answering machine canceling uh, Sarah Connor's date is the voice of yeah. James Cameron. Yep, I saw that. And the two, obviously, I think everyone knows this, they eventually married. They were uh, married in like the mid-90s, I think. Late 90s. Schwarzenegger, the Terminator, only has 14 lines in the movie. Yeah. Whew. He does not have to speak. No. No. Uh, we'll get- in uh, Conan the Barbarian, he had 24. Oh. I saw that. Conan the but, Barbarian. Yes. Yeah. That he that he saw that and he wanted like he was really trying to he was trying to be Kyle Reese yeah he wanted to be the 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 young hero and then uh, they realized he couldn't really handle it <laughs> uh, in the scene where Sarah and Reese leave the bridge it's not actually fog hanging in the air it's a thick mist of bug spray because there's a big I don't know fly situation mm-hmm. going on there and the iconic line i'll be back was actually scripted as i'll come back it doesn't quite have the same ring as well and on that line apparently um arnold schwarzenegger tried to make the recommendation for it to be i will be back or i will come back and not have it be a contraction because because he thought it would sound more robot like that yeah. they wouldn't be so casual. And James Cameron's response was, "I don't tell you how to act; you don't tell me how to write." Hell yeah, <laughs> I love stuff like that. Arnold, go lift weights in the corner and shut up. Right. And just do what I started to do. Right. Yeah. Uh, any other trivia you guys want to yeah. throw out? I've got a couple, but um, Eric, d- maybe you have um, some that you want to say first. Uh, no, give me a second to think and maybe I will, but, uh, go ahead with yours. So, um, at, in the, at the police station, when the Lieutenant says there are 30 cops here to protect you, you're totally safe. If you do the body count, 30 cops are killed. Oh yeah. 30 cops are killed. Yeah. That's good. Um, the dog at the, um, Tiki, uh, hotel or motel, um, that she has at the end is James Cameron's actual dog, James Cameron's actual dog. With the one in the, in the Jeep? Yeah. Yeah. That uh, was at the motel that barked at yeah, yeah. the Terminator. That's his dog. Yeah. Um, and the, oh, this is so good. So <laughs> the, Co- you know, like when you're seeing the Terminator's kind of inner screen where it's red and it's got all the code, that's actual code from an Apple II that if you type in a certain uh, um, program Apple. line, you can run the Terminator Oh, my thing. God. Yeah. Apple II. That's hilarious. And that the, the the last one I have is that the bar where she's hiding out Technoir right. um, was something that he built and he really saw the movie creating a new genre called Technoir. Technoir, yeah. And as they were building the set or the bar um, for the movie, a lot of people thought it was a real place and they kept trying to go in and they had to keep <laughs> kicking people out. 
Um, but he was really like, he had, was real specific on the name and the look and everything because he really saw the, um, he, he was really trying to go for that noir, um, gritty film, but have this yeah. uh, kind of high, um, sci-fi tech component to it. I love the stories of like the indie film or the, the inexpensive film where they have to like do things on the cheap and then people like they use like uh, random people walking around as extras and don't even tell them that they're in the movie. And right. that's, I love that stuff. Right. Yep. Eric. So, any? Yeah. First of all, someone should make the, the bar should make a tech noir bar. Oh yeah. It's like somebody made just like how there's the Regal Beagle in Chicago, somebody should make that. <laughs> yeah. Um piece of trivia that I thought was cool, getting back to kind of how um elements of Terminator two were sort of already mm-hmm. thought of and were intended to be part of this movie but were shelved later. Um, there was a, a subplot of the movie, and they actually shot a lot of it. There's deleted scenes that are that I watched today on the on the DVD. Uh, are like Sarah had the Sarah already had the idea that she wanted to destroy the Cyberdyne company so, to stop Skynet from ever being built. She was trying to be go on the offensive and be proactive. And it was Kyle saying, no, 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 it's a mission. I'm just supposed to uh, maintain the future and not change it. Yeah, yeah. And they were, and after the whole, uh, the climax at the end of the movie, they show, they show like a guy from the Cyberdyne company finding processor and like hey we should get give this to r&d let them look at it and then they show the outside of the building and they show that they were inside cyberdyne's oh that's awesome yeah yeah well i mean i'm glad they got rid of that because we needed a place for miles dyson in the next movie i mean we need he was a key little uh, component in the one of my favorites from t2 yeah, they, it was a good. Th- it was a good thing that they left that out because that, that yeah, was yeah. A, a very big part of the sequel. Yeah. So, all right, let's move into casting uh, news. I didn't have a lot in here. I didn't want to get too far in the weeds. A couple things uh, in the flashback with uh, Kyle Reese. Getting, you know, showing they show him living underground and getting back from a mission, and then being uh, them all being attacked by a Terminator. That Terminator in the future killing everybody with a, I don't know, a futuristic Gatling gun uh, was Franco Colombo, the two-time Mister Olympia, who was one of Schwarzenegger's best friends. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, that guy's awesome. By the way, I almost wanted like. Columbo is awesome. Um, I half expected it to be like Lou Ferrigno or something like that. Yeah. Like as a um, other kind of... At that time, uh, they weren't friends that much. Right. I know, I know. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember Franco Columbo. He, he, he and Arnold were real close friends 
in that uh, Pumping Iron documentary. Yeah, they were then, and I think they still are today, to be honest. Yeah, like Columbo was, because there was different, like, weight classes for Yeah, he's a little guy. And he was kind of, Arnold was, like, the, the heavyweight, and yeah. Franco Columbo was the lightweight, so they were, like, they were both the champions in their own group, so they sort of had that in common and were good friends. Yeah, they used to always rip on Ferrigno and bust his balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Louie and his dad doing reps in their basement. Uh, obviously, I think this is common knowledge. The main punk with the blue hair is Bill Paxton oh in a little God. cameo. That's ridiculous. Yep. Uh, the only man killed by a Terminator, a Predator, and an alien. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so good oh yeah so good uh people who almost played the terminator uh take this with a grain of salt who knows how real these are but mel gibson and oj simpson mel gibson turned it down oj they said was too nice yeah but apparently there was some a few years uh, comic book version of the Terminator came out later and they used sort of his likeness after the whole uh, OJ? Yeah. The murder situation. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. They put him in a comic book? <laughs> well, they it was Terminator, but they kind of used his oh, I likeness. Know, but yeah. Good God almighty. Uh, I, I only have two possibilities for Kyle Reese. Uh, one was Schwarzenegger. He wanted to play that character right. and couldn't do it. Uh, the other one was Sting. Apparently Sting was considered for... Sting? Kyle Reese, yeah. He was in Dune, so he was sort of... Oh, Dune, that's right. Yes. Which also came out that year. There must have been a scheduling That's conflict. right. He was, he's very in demand. Uh, I have one bit of trivia. I didn't find it anywhere, but I happen to know this by listening. Uh, one of the producers on the Adam Carolla podcast is the nephew of uh, Michael Bean, who is Kyle Reese. So Kyle Reese's nephew is the producer on Adam Carolla's podcast. <laughs> that's that's okay. deep, deep trivia, yeah. yeah. You had a bit of trivia on Michael Bean, Eric. It's not really trivia, but... Uh, what he was in? Oh yeah, um, <laughs> Michael Bean. Michael Bean had a Michael Bean was in Greece of all movies. Oh, he, uh, really? Yeah, he was. He was a jock. He was in. He was in two scenes. I think he was one of the guys on the basketball court when Travolta was trying out for the basketball team. And there's the scene when they're in the. Uh, the biology lab when they and Kinnicky puts the frog in what's her face's purse and she freaks out and screams. He's sitting at the table with her. Did you go back and look? I'm just curious. I I didn't watch the movie. I looked through like there was IMDb had photos. Oh, got it. Of those two scenes. Because did was how. It was it his birthday recently? Is that how Michael that Bean? came up? Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was Michael Bean's birthday. We are we are timely on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And Eric had texted um, 
uh, that day, this bit about Greece. I'm like, oh my God, you're wasting trivia. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> He's like, wait, are we doing the Terminator? Keep that to yourself, man. <laughs> before I knew, yeah, it was before I knew we were doing the Terminator. <laughs> Everything's a possible podcast. All right, uh, well, let's jump into Recasturbate. Better close the door. It's time to Recasturbate. I found this one more difficult than I expected. Me too. Uh, just like Jaws, there's really only three characters, and everybody else is right. highly replaceable and doesn't even matter. Right. But we will try to round it out as best as we can. Okay. Um, before we even start, I want to give special attention to Dr. Pete Silberman, uh, who's one of my favorite character actor guys. <laughs> yep. I don't know. I, I couldn't even tell you what he's in or what he plays or anything, but he's in a lot of stuff. He's in a and lot you of stuff. always yeah. notice him whenever yeah. he's on screen. Totally. He's fantastic. Yeah. I uh, went down a deep hole this afternoon um, about actors who whenever they're in a film they make it better and they're all these different mm-hmm. character actors that play like little bit parts yeah. here and there and it's like oh yeah that person's really awesome but it's hard to like okay what were they in and yeah the uh bill simmons on the rewatchables he they have a category called that guy <laughs> and yeah. he's one of the, the that yeah. guys for sure for sure Oh my god! Uh, He's got two hundred and seventy-seven acting credits, and I am yeah. Here. The actor's wow. name is Earl Bowen, just so everybody knows. Uh, yeah, he's good. He's in everything. He's in tons of uh, like sitcoms yeah. and like all kinds of stuff. Uh, all right, I'm gonna. Should we start with the Terminator? Sure. Should we start with the sure. yeah. the big guy? I'm gonna go first and just get out of the way. <laughs> okay. I came up with <laughs> I came up with three three or four options for the Terminator to recast with current actors. Right. Of course, the first one's Tom Hardy. It has to be Tom Hardy. Oh, no. Yeah. No. It's Tom Hardy. No. Tom Hardy. No. He is the Terminator in Terminator Two. What? He's he's like the he's the liquid metal guy. Yes. No way. Yes. He's too grungy. Yeah. No, I, 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 I also had Tom Hardy too, but once again, it's like Wheel of Fortune rules. We know that's what you're going to pick. I know. Yeah. So I, I, I wrote it down. Yeah. We gotta pick I had up. it as Terminator 2 online. <laughs> but, that's a different movie. We're not, we're not uh, I know, reviewing that one. But because we'd always have to cast him. Mm. Okay, so okay. I'm, throwing, I'm just throwing away Tom Hardy. Okay. But, the, so my other one. I was just going to say like Tom Hardy, it's this of everybody, the person in the world who doesn't give a fuck. The original is the Terminator. (laughs) So the Terminator is, it's, it's almost, it's like semi autobiographical for Tom. Hardy. (laughs) (laughs) It does. He certainly works. My problem was he's like five, nine. I know, but that's okay. That then we, I, we change it up. I totally saw. I, but the scene with Bill Paxton, I'm like, he's the guy I want him to like punch him in the face and rip yeah. his heart out. Like yeah. that, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, Bane, he was Bane, and he just crushed that guy's throat without even... Bane's a colossus in the comics or the whatever, and uh, on... You know, in the movie, he's 5'9". Fair enough. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go with my... R- I have a lot to say about the Terminator here, but I don't want to ruin your guys' things, like what you're going to say. So I'm going to limit my comments, and I may add them afterwards. Okay. So I had a real hard time with this because there are two or three clearly obvious choices for this that are so obvious I didn't want to go with them. Okay. There's probably four obvious choices okay. I didn't go with them. But So I went with, I think my number one, although it's a wow. little it's a little off type, I'm going to go with Michael Shannon as my Terminator. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. It's, there was a lot of preamble leading well, up, to, <laughs> up to your... <laughs> Michael Shannon's a good one. I can't say what I want to say. I'll say it later. Okay. I'm trying not, not yeah. to step on it. Uh, I did throw in one obvious one, like Jason Momoa. Yeah, I have him on yeah. Sure. Yeah. He works. Sure. thought about him. Here's the one that I really want to see, though. Okay. And it definitely doesn't fit at all, but it's a... If it's you a, pick mine, I'm going to be so it's sad. It's a brand new movie, and mm-hmm. with this person, you have to recast everyone. Okay. Tilda Swinton. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I want her as like a super serious, no nonsense, efficient killing machine. <laughs> wow! So Wes Anderson is going to be directing. This yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying rework the whole franchise. Oh my word! It's a reset. Forget everything previous existed. We are doing the Tilda Swinton Terminator. Oh, my God. So Wes sorry. Anderson's Terminator. Yeah. So that's the one that sorry, I like. Tilda Swinton. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Eric? Uh, Eric, you're up. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I had a couple – went through a couple, of like, would be obvious choices. Like, I thought about The Rock. Um, I thought about – I did think about Jason Momoa. Um John Cena crossed my mind, but um, I settled on my number one would be uh, Terry Crews. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh. I considered him for a different part as well. Got it. But yeah, Terry Crews would be good. So I had Jason Momoa on my... Wait. Oh, I thought he gave three. Oh, he did. I did. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so I had Jason Momoa on my list. <coughs> I have one that's a um kind of in the same vein, I guess, as Schwarzenegger, and then the other one made me laugh out loud thinking of it, but I think it <laughs> it could work. So the one that's kind of in same vein is uh Henry Cavill. Yeah. Yeah. I did that's I did I did think of him. When you're casting this part, I think it's... I had trouble with this. Uh, some of these actors are too attractive. They're, they're not sort of... Because Schwarzenegger was, he, was just unique enough that I thought he'd fit better. Um, I think there's... That, that was my trouble. Yeah. Like, like, I'm, I'm like, oh, 
it, it couldn't be Cavill. It couldn't be uh, Hemsworth. I'm like, uh, no. So my other one <laughs> um, that I thought of is, is Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That is fantastic. <laughs> he's tall. He's kind. He can play like the determined, silent. He's guy. robotic. Like, he's it, definitely robotic. <laughs> like I feel like it could work. But when I saw it, I'm like, oh my god! And I started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. All right. All right. Did you have a third? Well, Jason Momoa was another. No, okay. Yeah. So. Coming back to mine, I purposely didn't say The Rock and John Cena because they're too obvious. Right. And The Rock has too much charisma. Like, he's too, he's too much. It doesn't work. Yeah, well, and I feel like John Cena has almost done too many comedies to yeah. be taken seriously he, in that role. Yeah. You can't just get big bodybuilders to play this yeah. role. I think you can, but that's the Momoa right. deal, right? Uh, the one I, I had on here that... I, I think if we go that route, I think this is the one I would actually pick. I'd pick him over Jason Momoa. Would be Dave Bautista. Oh yeah, I thought about him. Uh, yeah. I think he would actually. If we're doing the Schwarzenegger type, that's the one I would want to cast. But again, it's too obvious. I think it's too. I like Willa yeah. Swinton better. <laughs> <laughs> I did consider, although it was. One step beyond the Tilda Swinton thing, I think. I was going to say Peter Dinklage. Oh, my God. As a Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> See, what? Now I'm making a different movie. Pendulum's wow. pretty far in the opposite direction on that one. I know. Oh, my God. Now I'm, I'm just looking for things to, to mess this movie up with, I right. think. So, all right. Uh, You're trying to be too creative on I mean, this. I'm, yeah, I'm getting a little too crazy. Uh, let's go to Kyle Reese before Sarah Connor. Okay. Uh, this one I came up with very quickly. Yeah, uh, I did too. Of all I, of them, that was this is one I. This is one I struggled with the most. I had one off the bat, and then the other two came pretty easily too. My number one, I think, is although the size thing is going to be a, it's a different movie is army hammer. He's on my list. Damn. Yep. I think he's my Kyle Reese. Um, he's good. Then my second place is Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, the thin black guy from get out. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Not the main character, yeah, but the, no, he plays the, like, the older yep. guy. Yeah. Uh, I think he can maybe do it. And then I threw down, this is almost like a throwaway, uh, Nicholas Holt as my uh, oh, yeah. third place for Kyle Reese. I had him kind of floating around in the periphery, but um, yeah. yeah, I went with somebody else. Yeah. I'm, I'm behind Army Hammer for that one. Okay. Eric? Uh, Eric? Um, so I, this is the one I struggled with the most because I, I, my Sarah Connor came pretty quick, but then I was trying to I was trying trying to find a uh, a Kyle Reese went along with her because I was trying to find somebody who was much younger. A lot of the names that I'm thinking of are 
Yeah. They're older because like Sarah Connor's supposed to be like 18, 19 years old. I'm running with like trying to cast like some somebody in their thirties or forties every time. It didn't. So I was trying to find somebody younger. And at one point I did, uh, I considered Henry Cavill at one point for, um, Kyle. I did think of thought about him for the Terminator too, but I did consider him for Kyle. I thought about, thought about Michael B. Jordan, but he was a little too old. I thought, um, yeah, all these actors are, are like, uh, all the actors in the Terminator, all or they're all like 27, 28. <clears throat> Michael B. Michael B. Jordan was my one. number one that I picked. Yeah, oh, I um I thought about I thought about but quickly disregarded because I thought one I thought he's too old and now his the turn that his career's taken he wouldn't really be taken seriously in that part. I thought maybe Zac Efron, which but yeah. passed very quickly. My number one that I settled on was Liam Hebsworth. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that works. Liam Hebsworth. Where's what's happened to that guy in the last few years? He's kind of gone away. He's or is he doing something? He's, stuff a, that I'm just he's not aware in Miley's of. whirlwind. Yeah, yeah. That works. <clears throat> All right, Al. So for me, Michael B. Jordan was like, he instantly came to mind for me for Kyle Reese. Um, That's an easy one. I mean, it, it works. And for him, I didn't feel like he, for that character, didn't have to be the 18, 19 year old um, actor. Like, no, he no, could no. Be old, like he could be older. So I Michael think B. Michael, Michael B. Bain was, or Bean is, uh, was like 27 or yeah. 8 or whatever. So. So he was my number one. I also had Army Hammer, and then I also had Ryan Gosling, and I, he's like almost like a. He's our default for a lot of these things, I think. Right? Yeah. Well, and he's <coughs> he's he's consistent with the look of Michael B. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's what it's too obvious, and he, he might be a little bit too old, but yeah. Um, I think the other two are my yeah more my top picks. All right, Sarah Connor, I had trouble with, and I. This is where I run into the age factor. Like the the person I thought of the first, and I would want to play this, but she's too old. Uh, just based on the character is eighteen or twenty, or I mean, right. eighteen, but I don't think she plays eighteen on the on screen. Uh, I would have said Rachel McAdams. It would be my Sarah Connor. But no, I think she's, mm. I don't think she, today she can't do it. 10 no. years ago, she could have done it. Yeah. But so that, that's a good to the one. Side. I mean, I had, I that didn't, that didn't cross my mind at all, but yeah. so that would work I like that 10 one. years ago. Yeah. So the one I went with is Anna DeArmas, the girl from Knives Out. I considered her. Oh yeah. I think she's my Sarah Connor. My backup I don't love I, 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 my backup is just a a hail mary. It's mm-hmm. just a, a it's a throwaway. Uh, Saoirse Ronan. Oh yeah. I don't know. I, I, I got nothing. When, when, trying to find actors or actresses uh, in a certain age range when it's under thirty, I yeah. I struggle with all yeah. that. Yeah, I'm too old. <laughs> 
I and my uh, my casting abilities skew older always. Right. Okay. Eric, Eric, you're up, man. Okay. Um, Sarah Connor, this was the only one that of the big three that I allowed Terminator 2 to play a factor. Because oh. I was thinking about, because her character in Terminator 2 changes so her personality changes so much i it's the only one i thought okay she's got to be able to potentially play oh, oh. yeah so you, you considered the character evolution over the next movie as well oh my god yeah so well he's um, james cameron who had already basically uh, had the second one in his mind i got right? it yeah so um and actually i ended up really with a, i there was only one name that I ever seriously did consider. I did consider Sir Sharon at one point, but I didn't. At, no. I sort of disregarded her pretty quickly. I don't think she works. Um, the name that I came up with actually was a co-star of, of hers in another movie where I feel like she sort of had more of like the, um, I don't, not naive, but kinder, gentler Sarah Connor, but then has another movie coming out later where she I see her that she could potentially be the uh the future Sarah Connor is uh Florence Pugh. I don't know. From, she was oh. in she was in Little Women and Midsummer. Yeah. Mm. Um she yeah. is but she's also going to be I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. She, she's also she's in Black Widow. As Scarlet Johansson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's good. So one of the things I think we're running into also with this is that there are so many sequels to the Terminator, and there is there's so many recent sequels to the Terminator that they've they've recast Sarah Connor at, at least once or twice. Uh, when they uh, who's the girl from? Uh, Woman, she's so small, and to me, it looks like she's younger than she is. Um, from Game of Thrones, who was yeah, like, Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark, like I would cast her as Sarah Connor, but mm-hmm. that already exists, so I can't, I can't choose that. So, uh, the good news is, is I've not seen a Terminator after Terminator <laughs> Two, so like I'm a, and I Oops. don't even know. I don't like Judgment Day, or is that also Terminator Two? Yeah. Yeah, you saw the one with um, uh, Batman. Uh, what's his name? Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah, it's been on our TV when the kids, the boys were younger. You saw it. I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Do you have any other Sarah Connors, Eric? No, I don't have any other Sarah Connors. Okay. Um. So I had three. Um. The one that immediately came to mind, and I... Tom Hardy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm going to go with the premise. If I'm remaking this movie, Sarah Connors doesn't have to be 18. Maybe she's 24. Yeah. Um, Is uh, Brie Larson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, because I was thinking about definitely, Eric, like you, thinking about the evolution. So going from kind of a, I don't want to say helpless, but just kind of a afraid, 
naive person to somebody that can be strong. I love her in the T2 role for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Brie Larson was one. Um, Zoe Kravitz was another. Uh That's good. And then the third one, she's a real young actress, um, has been in a few things. Her name is Amanda Stenberg. Um, she's the main character in The Hate You Give. Yeah, I don't know. She's, she plays um, her, sure like a know. senior in high school. Yeah. Um, so she'd be like right around the age of Sarah <clears throat> Connor. And I think that she could, um, that would work. So those were my three. All right, let's run through these. Uh, Actually, I, there is one other bit of casting that I did do because we've talked well, about horror. I, I, I've got three more for sure. We have to put Charlie Day in the movie somewhere. Oh, hold, hold, wait, hold on to that because I've got, th- I've got three more people we're going to cast at least. Oh, okay. Uh, we've got Dr. Silberman, yep. we've got Officer Vukovic, and we've got Detective Traxler. Yep. I, I did not think are, about any of those, but okay. Okay, I think those are the three other ones that get the most screen time. I don't know yeah. how else we do this, but uh, um, so I'm going to run through mine real quick. Uh, you run through yours, and Eric okay. can fill in with right. uh, Charlie Day. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dr. Pete Silberman. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about him. Awesome character actor. I didn't know where to go mm-hmm. with this one, so I threw a wild card in first. And this is definitely a wild card. Uh, Michael Pena. Oh, yeah. I don't think, I don't know. It's a different kind of a guy, but I just yeah. wanted him in a movie. So I, that's love, all it is. I want Michael Pena <laughs> in every movie. Yeah. And then uh, my second one was Fred Armisen. Uh, maybe oh. as doctor. I don't know. So I had two uh, uh, also for Dr. Silverman. One was Catherine Hahn. She was in um, Bad Mom. She was, yeah. That's good. Um, And the other is Oliver Platt. Yeah. Okay. I do. I I just thought of one. I'm saying. What? I I thought of a Dr. Silverman. Who? Um, Getting back into like actors that you see everywhere, but you really not necessarily know who they are, but you love. My all time favorite one of those actors is and i would put in this role is richard jenkins what uh what do we know him from he is um he is john c Riley's dad in step brothers yeah he was in um what else he's a he's a perfect that guy yeah (laughs) yeah that's a good one uh, officer, no, let's, yeah, let's do Officer Vukovic. Uh, Is that the lieutenant? The Lance Henriksen Okay, role. yeah. So, yeah, the officer as opposed to the detective. Yeah. I went with either, uh, the first one I thought fit, but then I liked the second guy better. Uh, Paul Dano as my Officer Vukovic, hmm. or Anthony Mackie. Okay. Who I, that guy, I, I just want to put in movies yeah. as well. So I don't okay. care what he is. So funny. So um, for that role, um, I'm going to mispronounce her last name, Denai Gurira. Uh, she plays Okoya 
uh, in the Black Panther. Yeah. Okay. In Walking Dead. Right? Yep. Um, <clears throat> and then the other is Scoot McNary. He's a character actor. He's been in a ton of things. You would recognize Scoot? his face. Scoot. <laughs> he was in Narcos Mexico. He was oh. in Argo. He was just, I, I just watched oh, the show yeah. of Life this week. Yeah, I know he is. Um, kind of looks like a cop. I know he is, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, he's like every white guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's good. Uh, Detective Traxler. Uh, my first... My initial thought, although I, I now have him, I think, in third place. But my initial thought was Keenan Thompson. Oh, my God. As Detective Traxler. That was my... <laughs> wow. My head. Wow. Put him in there. Uh, I don't know if he works or not, but I like that one. Then I went Jeffrey Wright to get a little more serious. Right. And then I... Somewhere in between, I went Bill Hader. Hmm. Hmm. Honestly... Detective Traxler, Officer Vukovic, and probably Dr. Silberman could all be anybody. Right. Really. They're all throwaways, but right. fine. But all of them are recognizable character actors. After this movie. Right. Yeah. Did you have a track? So I did. So this one, Eric, sorry, this might be... Um, yours, but it was my Charlie Day pick. <laughs> it is. It is. That is not my Charlie Day. You'll. You're never going to guess in a million years who my Charlie Day is. Okay. But um, I also had Dave Franco in this role. About him too. And then Dave, the, Dave Franco. Dave Franco. Okay. As the, the detective. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, on a slightly more serious note, was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I thought. He would make a good cop. I mean, we, we saw him in right. Batman or whatever. He's a, he's, he can play a cop. I would see him more of the, the Vukovic trailer. That's what I thought, too. He's really young. Uh, Traxler, though. Yeah. Where does Charlie Day fit in this film? Oh, my God. For me, my choice for Charlie Day was he would be the cop who gets his car stolen by Arnold who walks up on him and smashes his head on the door and tosses Yes. <laughs> I know exactly the scene. Brennan and I we like, laughed out loud just... laughing at, at that. Yeah. <laughs> because he he feigned his fall before he even reached for him. It was so yeah. good. It's the worst acting you've seen. It was so great. And oh um going back to the trivia, the guy who plays that cop is actually one of the screenwriters. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. He, he, that and the scene in Terminator 2 when they're fighting in the mall and the uh, there's the guy that's got the camera that's just, the camera's just firing away. That's the same guy. Oh, my God. Well, I hope he's so on there. That's like why there's record. kind of, they say that there's kind of that look of recognition on his face because he's, seeing the guy again that oh it bashes head against the car in the movie he's supposed to be the same cop yes same guy <laughs> yeah the same guy. yes oh that's good that's really good all right memorable scenes and quotable lines i 
I just went with the quotable lines, the scenes, whatever. Uh, there's really just two lines. I'll be back. And then come with me if you want to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no other quotable, remem- memorable line. Quotable line. Uh, I, we were talking about this earlier today. Uh, I had just listened to the uh, rewatchables uh, episode. They did Teen Wolf because Teen Wolf is 35 years old as well. Or 30, had some anniversary, 30 years old. Um, and apparently... I mean, take this with a grain of salt as well. But the scene where Michael J. Fox looks in the mirror and sort of wolfs out in the bathroom yeah. was <laughs> mildly inspired by the Schwarzenegger Terminator looking in the mirror, taking out his eyeball. Because they came out a year apart. Okay. You don't believe me? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I believe you either. What? You read that somewhere? They said that on the podcast. That uh, they may have just been speculating, but that was yeah. their thing. Uh, yeah. So, see the whole. I don't pull There's out a, a ton the only of scene. Yeah. yeah, the only scene that's memorable in this movie to me is when he like attacks her or tries to get her in the club. Right. When he's shot by eight shotgun blasts in the chest and gets up the, for the first time. And then at the end, when he gets, when the metal skeleton gets uh, compressed at the end. Yeah. Other than that, the whole movie is just a, a blur. No? Or is there? Yeah, no, I'm trying. There I, I, other- mean, I, I mean, I, there's. There's no definitive there's, like scene like, oh, yeah. that's the Terminator scene. No. no. Yeah. The, 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 the Terminator standing up out of the fire. When you see like yeah. that that skeleton for the first time, that's I'll give pretty that. big. I'd say for me, um, I remember like I I had mentioned before, Dad rented that movie when I was a, a kid, and then it was years had gone by. Like Terminator Two had come out, yeah. and years had gone by before I had seen rewatched that the first Terminator again, and I remember thinking it then and i was thinking about it as i was watching it again this afternoon the a lot of like especially movies from like the 80s like some of the action and stuff seems sort of um almost like slow place kind of like a slow pace and it's just sort of yeah not a lot of punch to it the way uh, the way you think of action movies today do but the shootout that starts in the parking garage where they're shooting back and forth yeah. with the shotguns and then the whole chase scene through the streets. It's just a very well-paced chase scene that I thought was done really well. It's not like a real, like it's not like an iconic scene, but it's a scene that was done really, really well. And I think still holds up. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. One thing, I don't know if it's uh, it, I, I remember paying attention to it, today or like noticing it today that it was just kind of well, why why is the why did, did they make a point of showing this um and it's also a bit of trivia so you know when he pulls up to the first sarah connor's house and he runs over that semi-truck toy yeah that that 
is the same model semi truck that he drives and that explodes later on in the movie um, from the pipe bomb or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He also drives that in T2, I think, too. The same model? Yeah, with the, the big flat front. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, would this movie work today? The answer is yes, because it they keep making them. being made. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the argument then can be made that it won't work because they keep making it and it keeps failing. <laughs> I know. It it would be it'd be released on Netflix and it would be a Chris Hemsworth vehicle and it would everybody would watch it during quarantine. The one difference that they would make is that the future wouldn't only be forty years in the future. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, I know I was thinking about that when the movie first started, the opening yeah. prompt was it's twenty twenty nine. I'm like, huh, that's only nine years away. Well right. and I said We're on pace. You know, because it's you're show, it's showing tanks uh, rolling over skulls and you know, flying death ships. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's what's going to happen when Trump gets elected in, in a couple months. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, that's, what I bit, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah, we're right. We'll, we're right on pace. We'll be there. The end times. <laughs> yeah. It. Um, but I think the movies that are written now, when they're talking about the future in a true, like, futuristic. Yeah way it's more realistic that it's got to be a little bit further ahead than 36 years from when the movie was written that you're going to have flying but ships with laser beams flying yeah, out like of them 40 years in the or whatever years in the future is just far enough where it's you can almost do anything because yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah in 1968 Stanley Kubrick had us going to Jupiter <laughs> right in 2001 yeah 2001 we were flying you know to all sorts of planets and doing all, yeah no uh so th- this question doesn't fit this movie at all would you want to see or what would you want to see in a sequel if there isn't one already who cares it's been well, done it's already been done 10 times yeah. and there's been there's been sequels, there's been prequels. There's Has been, there been a prequel? It's been done 10,000 times, yeah. The know. prequel's been done? The, um, uh, the, the one that had Amelia Clark in it, they sort of, it wasn't really a prequel, but they sort of went back to 1984 and sort of messed with that timeline a little bit. Rather than dealing right. with the future, they sort of changed things around in nineteen. They basically redid part of this movie, yeah. And then the one with um, Christian Bale, they went back to, or I guess it was the future, but they went, they went back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they went into John Connor's story, so yeah, it was the right. future. Uh, so yeah, was there a prequel? No, I guess not. But whatever. This they've milked this thing as far as yeah. I can go. I mean, yeah. Stop for a while. All right. Let's get into the how much are they worth game. And now let's play the how much are they worth game. We do five people. The five we are going to do are James Cameron, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Michael Bain, Bean, 
Linda Hamilton and just because we, we need a fifth and it's got to be somebody we know, Bill Paxton. <laughs> He's the fifth guy. Rest guy. in peace. So first up is Bill Paxton. Oh, God. What is Bill Paxton? Bill Paxton? At the time of his death? Well, I don't know. What, whatever this website says, okay. I, I don't know how, how they are going to calculate it. But, all right. Is he in here? Is he in here? Yes. Okay, Bill Paxton. I'm going to get a number for him. Been in a lot of stuff. Been in some really big movies. Was he paid well for those, though? All right, I've got a number. I'm going to try to go with my gut this time and not hem and haw. I have not fared too well in the last couple uh, yeah. games. And a couple of times, my gut was correct. All right. Uh, Eric, do you have a number? Uh, 15 million. 15. I said 21. Oh, my God. I've made a huge mistake. (laughs) (laughs) What's your number? I've got 50. (laughs) He's got Twister money. He's got Titanic. He's in oh, t- well, Titanic. I mean, he was such a big part. I don't know. Uh, True Lies, too, is sort of a big part. True Lies, I know. Uh, all right. Chip from Weird Science. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Paxton was an American actor, producer, apparently, and film director, I guess, uh, who had a net worth of $40 million. One Eric and I don't think much of Bill Paxton apparently. I was eh, I didn't realize he was a producer as well. Yeah, it, I mean it's hard to tell. Mm. Uh Linda Hamilton. Hmm. How much did she get in the divorce? I know, that's a huge part of what her yeah. deal is. So when I was trying to recast her my first thought was to recast her with twins because she had a twin and and or she has a twin and uh that was utilized in t2 a little bit you're right but i didn't um so what else has she been in other than the terminator movies the show beauty and the beast Uh, oh was that her? Yeah. That was a big fucking deal and whenever that came out. What was that? Beauty and the Beast, the TV show. Oh, that's right. That. Dad loved that show. I know. That was everywhere for 18 months. Yeah. But she got a she must have gotten a ton out of that divorce. I mean, you can get as crazy with this number as you want. Because she divorced him, like, on the heels of True Lies, I think. All right. So on the heels of True Lies, or was it on the heels of Titanic? Oh, this, it was on the heels of Titanic. That's what I'm Because the, the actress that played... Rose's granddaughter is the woman that he dumped Linda Hamilton. (laughs) 
So yeah, it was in the. James Cameron. Yeah, he's married to that actress now. I have a number. I don't. I don't feel good about it, but I have a number. I have a number. I do too. Number. Yeah. Uh, Al, what's your number? At eighty million. I've got a hundred. Well, I said uh, sixty-five. Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton is an American actress who has a net worth of $70 million. Eric takes it by a hair. Mm -hmm. She's most widely recognized for her role as Sarah Connor. Blah, 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 blah. She portrayed the role of Badger in a staging of The Wind and the Willows when she was 10. All right, who cares? Great. Uh, Michael Bain, Bean, Bine, whatever his name is. B. Oh, a uh, quick quick throwback to the trivia I forgot about. With Michael Bean, um, it was an ongoing thing of Michael Bean in James Cameron movies about him getting bitten on the hand. He gets bitten in Terminator, uh, aliens and the abyss. Someone bites him on the hand. And at one point, James Cameron was going to direct a Spider-Man movie and Michael Bean was going to be a Spider-Man. And the joke was, Oh my God. Like Spider-Man getting bit on the hand by a spider, turning him into Spider-Man. He kept getting bit on the hand in James Cameron's movies. Oh my like, God. Uh, him, as him being hinted towards him being Spider-Man. Some of these directors have to really relax. Uh, He's been in a lot of stuff. He has been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. All right. Johnny Ringo. <laughs> I've got a number. I think I got a number too. You got a number. Eric, do you have a number? I have a number. Alright. I will go first with my number of thirty-nine million. Okay. Eric? Thirty. <laughs> you? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. <laughs> Michael Aloysius Bean. That's not his middle name. I just said that. Uh, all right. See, things like this make me mad. Michael Bean is an American actor and director who has a net worth of. Eight million dollars. Really? Oh, that's ex- that's way low. Yeah, has he been divorced? I'm not saying he's he, he's a. We all may have overshot a little bit, but eight is Eric. Is he like, is he supporting a couple of Nigerian princes somewhere or something? <laughs> what what happened? I mean, he was in. He should at least be double that. The Terminator, Aliens, The Abyss, Tombstone, Terminator, Tombstone. Two. Terminator 2, The Rock. Oh, The Rock. 
Um, He's always a sporting Aliens guy, 3. Still. He was in the seventh sign, of course. Oh, he was in the seventh sign. Greece. Greece. Oh. Well, that's where the big, I mean, that's the you got to think the syndication alone yeah. had to have been. He's getting, yeah, if he's okay. getting points on that, then he should be set. All right. He got screwed by Travolta. <laughs> there were, I mean, he was in a lot of stuff. That's, I'm, I'm sad for him. I think that's a fake number. I'm sad that's, for him. That's, that's fake news. All right. Now we get to the two behemoths. Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's been divorced twice. Who, Bean? Yes. Once in 87 and once in 2014. Mm. That's not going to help. All right. Arnold Schwarzenegger, what do you think Arnie's net worth is? Oh, my Lord. Uh, Some big-ass movies. I don't know if he's done anything behind the camera or gotten credits behind the camera. For he's got that governor's money. Well, yeah, governor. <laughs> does he yeah, have Maria Shriver? He had Kennedy money. Producing stuff. I don't know if that's <laughs> Kennedy. I know he has like an MBA, and I think he has. He was you know, trying to invest his money in other businesses and stuff besides acting. Got the money from twins. He's got, it's going to come out like he was a, an early investor in Amazon or something insane like that. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. I mean, this, this, this number can get insane. Right. I've already written a number down. Really? With it. Yeah. yeah. I have a number as well. Did you know that he did triplets following twins? Yes. Yeah, that was supposed. It was supposed to be. I think the deal was that they were going to have Eddie Murphy be yep. the, uh, the third. Yeah. Isn't that still? That's still a possibility. Possibility, right? It's like it's that's a that's a recent thing that might happen. I'm seeing a picture that has, that has Jason Momoa or Peter Dinklage as possibilities. <laughs> uh, as like a, a redo? Yeah. Well, no. Oh. As the triplet. Oh. As a po- <laughs> I could see them doing twins again. Oh, it could be. Yeah. A, a reboot. All right. Do you have a number, Al? Yeah. What's your number? 250 million. 250. Eric, what's your number? That was my number as well. Oh, Eric, damn it. Mine was 201. Wow. I have prices right at you. Accidentally. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Apparently he was a... I guess he was an actor, but he's you know known as a bodybuilder. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. That's a number. There's all this text way before, like a lot more before his number is given. Is it before or after he bought his mini horses and goats <laughs> that he brings into his kitchen? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is an Austrian-American bodybuilder, model, actor, 
businessman and politician. One of mo- he's one of the most famous actors in the world and at times has been the highest paid person in the entertainment world. As of 2020, Schwarzenegger has a net worth of Four hundred million. Oh my god! I thought about going that high. So you guys tie. Yeah. I almost said. Am I going to get skunked I almost, again? I almost said three hundred. But four hundred—that's that's a big number. My first yeah. thought was five hundred. No, my first thought was three fifty, and I thought that that was too high, and I talked myself down to two fifty. I was thinking. So much of his money was 80s money. Yeah. But I'm sure he had points on some of this stuff. I'm sure he had, uh, you know, uh, licensing or, you know, DVD money or Mm -hmm. uh, syndication or whatever. Damn it. All right. I I have to get a win. What did you have for it? 201. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's wrong. Okay. James... Cameroon. Uh, this is hmm. He has all of the biggest movies ever. Yeah, but I don't think he got. I I think he gave away everything on Titanic. Like trying to get the movie made, it was such a disaster getting it made. That like in order to keep the production going, I think like he gave away like his points and his salary. Like he essentially didn't make any. He personally didn't make anything he from must it. Have something from that. I'm, but he's also got True Lies and he's got Avatar. He's got Avatar. He's got all the National Geographic IMAX stuff. He's got all the actual Titanic stuff. I don't know if that's in, him investing or if that's him profiting. I don't. I have no idea, but he's got point break money. He does. <laughs> he does all that stuff with uh, the Oceanographic Institute. Yeah. I don't know if that's him investing or him getting it. I don't know. He's it's gotta be huge. He did those. Yeah, he did those dives down the uh, little. Is it was it the Laurentian Abyss? Yeah. And he did the search, the the wreckage of the Bismarck. Yeah. He's all over the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. He's looking for that necklace. <laughs> if he ever finds that necklace, he's going to really be up there. Uh, all right. I think I have a number. I'm not really happy about it, but I think I've I have got- a number. Oh man, I'm maybe regretting my number. Eric, you totally messed me up with your little thing about uh, Titanic. Well, what if he's what if he was mistaken? That's always a possibility. It is possible. What if he gave back his fee but kept his points? Making a minor change. All right, I'm ready. Eric, do you have a number? I do. I'll start since I'm in way in last place. Uh, Eric has three. Allison has two points. Points. I have zero. So 
I'm out of it. But okay, my number is four hundred and forty-four million. Okay, Eric, uh, six hundred billion. See, I wanted to go that. Track. That was the number I had. I've changed it to five. I changed it to five million or five hundred million. <laughs> Sorry, not five million. Five hundred million. A half a billion dollars. I always just said 500 or 5 million. That'd be great. <clears throat> he did have to give some away. He did have that divorce with Hamilton. He he used to be married to Catherine Bigelow, too. Really? Yeah. There had to have been a prenup. And Gail Ann Hurd, who he produced. Oh, yeah. The $1. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So maybe, yeah, maybe we're, ooh, maybe we all made a mistake. These numbers are, okay. James Cameron is a Canadian-born director. He's the creative force behind films such as The Terminator, Aliens, Rambo 2, The Abyss, Terminator 2, True Lies, Titanic, and Avatar. In the United States alone, his movies have earned more than $1.9 billion. He has a net worth of $700 million. Aiza. Eric takes it. Wow. Four to two. Holy shit. I, 700. I literally had 600 million on there. I should have stayed with my gut. 700, including two divorces. Three. Three. Trying to think if we've had a bigger number on this podcast before. Did you ever do Spielberg? I think we did. I don't think it was seven, 700. I don't think we ever had a billion. We had John Williams was 300. I think Spielberg was above that. I don't remember. Spielberg's got to be a billion. I feel like Spielberg's a billionaire. Don't look it up because one of these days we're going to have it on our list and we'll. Yeah. Yes. We didn't do Spielberg with Jaws? No. no. We, we had too many. We had enough. Or we focused on the actors, basically. Okay. I think we've done Spielberg in previous iterations of this podcast, but I don't know. Yeah. Okay. That's how we ended up with John Williams as opposed to. Yeah. Uh, Spielberg. When we do another one of his movies, we'll, we'll throw them in there. But all right, seven hundred million is the time to beat. That is a bunch of money. Three divorces, and he has seven hundred still. Wow. All right. Well, any uh, last thoughts on uh, you know wrapping up? Uh, what do we call it? Terminator. My thought when we watched it is it still holds up. It's still really good. The first 25 minutes, you're a little stuck in all the 80s-ness of it, but yeah. it's, it's a better movie than I give it credit for being. It's it, pretty good. Yeah, it's it's really good. I mean, it's watching the special effects now, it certainly suffers, com- you know, yeah. um, by comparison to the 2020 movies. Arnold prosthetic face thing. That was bad. 
Well, yeah, it's it's all like puppets or yeah. whatever, but it also feels very um, Schwarzenegger also when you think yeah. about the <laughs> Total Recall or whatever. Um, uh, kind of the same thing. Too. I know. Although I did like the, I like the, I like the, uh, when he doesn't have his skin on and he's just the, the metal skeleton. Yeah. That's pretty good. I did wonder how that metal was able to pull itself on the other metal when it was going through the compressor <laughs> thing. I definitely thought about that. Friction. Yeah. I decided not to question it yeah, too let's much. Not, let's not go too far. Eric, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I'll just echo what you said. It, I think it holds, still holds up very well. Yeah. It's, it's solid. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Let's call it a, let's call it a day until we do the next one, which we do not know what it's going to be yet. This, this is our first action movie. Yep. So I think we'll probably reset with likely a comedy next time. Yeah. We'll see. We've got some good ones in the hopper. There's a, there's a few on the list that we need yeah. to do soon. Pretty soon there's going to be a couple that we do that are really just for me. So uh, <laughs> the audience, I, I won't care about them, right. but I want to do them. So we'll see. All right, Eric. That's it. Wrap All it right. up. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.